Are you struggling with physical pain and depression? My guest today is Dr. Lynn Carey, author of the book, My Journey to Grace. And she's here to share how she learned to heal herself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually after years of suffering, surgeries, and pain. Our conversation is an examination of the shortcomings of Western medicine and the misleading mainstream narratives that cause illness. You'll walk away with an empowered perspective of what it means to be healthy and how to reclaim autonomy over your birthright to live free and well. My name is Colleen Cashman. I'm a soberish recovery coach, helping high achieving women get emotionally sober so that drinking less or not at all feels like a superpower. Join me each week for evidence-based holistic strategies to regulate your brain chemistry and nervous system and also develop a growth mindset so you can feel proud, confident, and resilient with or without a drink in your hand because it's not about the alcohol. Are you a high-performing type A personality who's in the habit of using alcohol to reduce your stress? But too much stress has led to too much drinking, and now you're secretly wondering if you need help. Well, I can help. Pause this episode and get into the show notes to register for my free masterclass on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. You will learn how alcohol use disorder, which just means that you drink more than you think you should, develops subconsciously over time when you associate alcohol with stress relief which is why, as you already know, simply taking a break to reset your tolerance doesn't work for long. Because if you ever pour alcohol on stress again, you'll end up right back where you started. I will teach you the eight core principles of my accelerated recovery process that you can follow to quickly retrain your brain so that you no longer associate alcohol with stress relief. You can enjoy drinking again, like a normal person, without worrying you'll lose control. I'll show you how. Pause this episode and register now. My guest today is Dr. Lynn Carey, who has an amazing story of recovery from a teenager with chronic health problems, back surgeries, and debilitating pain. She walks us through how she learned to heal herself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to the point where now she's a woman who is at least my age. I'm 50. Uh, She may have told me, and I just don't remember. I'm recording this intro later, but she's at least my age and she takes no medications and has no chronic disorders, which in this country, in this modern time is so abnormal. We live in a hyper-medicated culture where we are taught to view pain as a sign that something is wrong and to suppress our symptoms with medications and then go about our life. And, you know, that's like turning off the smoke alarm and not investigating the source of the smoke or looking to see if there's a fire. And I want to invite you to have an open mind 
this conversation is a examination of the shortcomings of Western medicine and also the many misleading mainstream narratives that are actually working against us and keeping us stuck in a cycle of going to the doctor and searching outside of ourselves for healing because we're so disconnected from the experiences that we're having in our body. And we view symptoms, again, kind of just as an interruption to our productivity because productivity is one of the top metrics we use to determine our worth as a human being. And so we view pain and inflammation and a lack of energy as a dysfunctional biological process that requires us to seek health experts to diagnose what's wrong with us and then prescribe medications to restore our productivity. And if you step outside of the big picture, sometimes things work for a little while, but rarely do these things make our lives better. Many of us are on a downhill trajectory and we're losing our vitality and our joy and our freedom to move about the world at any age and enjoy our lives. Instead, we're constantly asking ourselves the question, what's wrong with me? And our search for answers is exhausting. Dr. Carey is going to share her own recovery story. And then she and I are gonna dig into why seeking relief from pain without addressing the source only makes it worse and how to change your relationship with pain so that you no longer fear it and you can use it as the tool that it is designed to be. You know, pain is a messenger from our body and you can't outrun the source of emotional pain or mental pain or spiritual pain any more than you can outrun the rock in your shoe. This conversation will shift your paradigm of the source of your own power and how it really is possible to heal yourself. And I'm not saying, she's not saying that you shouldn't go to the doctor, but we also discuss how it's possible to create a relationship with your doctor where you are an equal partner in your health, and actually more than an equal partner. You are responsible for causing your health. Health isn't something you're just born with or that you get lucky and have a doctor who's able to bestow health on you with proper treatment. Health is something you have to create. And the only way to create health is to be willing to address the energy behind your pain. Dr. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me today. Would you introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, thank you for having me, Colleen. It's an honor to be here. So I'm a, I was a chiropractor. I had my own practice for 18 years, and then I expanded into writing my book and entrepreneurial activities that I wanted to help people more with their lifestyle instead of just being in a practice where most people just want you to fix them. And I wanted them to do the inner work on themselves. You know, I think we all have a responsibility. I, even my own personal healing story, I had a spinal surgery when I was 14 and it left me sick and in pain for years. If I knew what I knew today, I would have not had that surgery, but that's, you know, I just followed what the medical world told me. And they said the surgery was a success, but it just, it was a big struggle afterwards. And it wasn't until I was in college 
trying to find what to do with myself that I discovered chiropractic. And it was really just the philosophy that made me go. It was said the power that made the body heals the body. And it was like the first time I heard truth. And I'm like, how come no doctor has ever said this to me in these last five years of me trying to figure out what's wrong with me? And so I just went to chiropractic school and that philosophy started getting adjusted. It was a couple year journey until just getting out of pain, but it changed my whole perspective on how the body heals and also me gaining empowerment, losing my fear that I couldn't heal, I think was a big turning point. And understanding what the body's trying to do was empowering instead of feeling that I was this victim that I had no control over myself, you know, so all those things really contributed to my healing journey and it changed my life. So what you speak to is my journey too. I mean, it's the crux of the journey where we are raised and conditioned to think of doctors who are wonderful people, that they have our wellness and we have to go see them to get it and we have to be fixed. There's something wrong with us and somebody else has to fix it. The solution is outside of us. But what I'm really interested in is the journey of your mindset, the realization that you had to go through that, of course, doesn't happen overnight. You know, my own journey, I've been on it for 20, 25 years, and I still find areas where I'm like, oh, I'm on my way to the store to get my wellness And the truth is, you know, that's not what it is. Can you talk to like the words in your brain, what you used to think versus now what you do think and how you came into that truth? Yeah. So I think it started in chiropractic school. I mean, don't get me wrong. Prior, I questioned everything that I was being shown about life. I was very depressed. I thought there's got to be more to life than this. You know, everybody was just working hard. I hated school, the whole thing. So I think that contributed to me even getting diagnosed with a scoliosis, which you're being pulled in two directions. If there is a part of me had inner, inner truth, but the outside world was telling me I didn't know. And can I interrupt on that? What I want to highlight for the listener is that your depression was a symptom of not living your truth, of neglecting yourself. You know, we think of depression as a mental health issue. And again, you have to go to the doctor to get that fixed. So at 14, you're experiencing, or teenagers, you're experiencing depression. And what you are seeing in hindsight was that was actually a call to look deeper, to you you felt like you were swallowing a bunch of bullshit. I felt the same way. Like none of this is right. Like your our inner knowing just is like bullshit. And then we deny that knowing and then we get depressed. Go ahead. That's exactly right. You said, that's what I really believe every symptom is you're looking for that higher space. So my journey to understanding that higher space was, I guess, just learning how the body heals, a different perspective in chiropractic school, like we recognize that there is a life force that runs the body. What's the difference between a person who's alive and a person who's dead? There's some soul, there's a soul there or a life force, inner wisdom. It's doing all these jobs. Like think about all your organs working right now. You can't consciously do that with your mind, right? So just shifting that, like what we take for granted that we can breathe every day, that we see that our heart's beating. We just take that for granted. But when you really think about that, your body is in a divine order. So when you have symptoms, really it's your body just trying to get itself back into balance. When you have chronic symptoms, that means you're blocking the energy flow somewhere in your life, right? That it's creating this pattern. 
And there's so many ways that we do this. I mean, we live in a, we grow up in a stressful matrix, you know, uh, in society. It's unnatural how they're telling us to live, really, in every aspect that can break it down. But that's basically, so when I started honoring, like, what is my body trying to do? And it takes time to heal because it took time for you to get into the state. And also I had people around me who were supportive of that thinking. So that combination empowered me. It gave me, it took away my fear and I started to heal and I was able to be okay with the pain. Like I knew sometimes if you feel more pain, it doesn't mean you're getting worse. It actually could be part of the healing process. So once you're empowered with this knowledge, it changes you. And, you know, also at the same time, I believe us chiropractors kind of compromised ourselves by becoming doctors because now we had to learn everything that the medical world does the past all these uh, national boards, right? And really, you know, they don't study healing. They study, they want to know what the symptoms are so they can give it a label. So they either can drug it or cut it out. That's all they know. So that's, that should be last resort, you know, 1% of that you probably need at the very yeah. end, after you go through your own journey of understanding what your body's doing and getting, you know, energy work, working on your mindset, all these things. So that was really, you know, the starting point for me to, it just flipped everything. They've mistaken symptom management and manipulating the divine creation that is our body, you know, that was what I suffered from for my whole entire life. I was outsmarting my body. I would be bulimic and I would mark, like I would eat the good food and I, then I would mark it with a carrot and then eat the crappy food and then just puke. Like I thought I was smarter. I thought my, I could drink as much as I want, as long as I was drinking enough water and taking handfuls of supplements and running, I'd go run it out and detoxify my body. I would, you know, retox, I would detox and then I would retox. And I just had this idea that my brain with the little thoughts that are running through it is smarter than this vessel that we don't even understand consciousness. Like this idea that it just is a mental math problem and you just got to balance the bad with the good. That is, you know, and then that extends to doctors. That's where we get that. I don't mean doctors as people. I mean, allotropic medicine that is taught to suppress the symptoms but the symptoms are there to show us that we need to change, we need to heal, something is not working, and instead we suppress those symptoms, and then, then there's new symptoms from the medication. And like I say now, there's no such, the more healthcare you get, the more healthcare you need, because it's not really healthcare, it's sick care, and the medications make you sick. You're just constantly screwing with something, and the more stuff you put into it, the more I always have thought, okay, I go to the doctor and I get antidepressants and I feel better for three months. But anybody, myself included, you look at the trajectory of the introducing medicine from antibiotics and birth control and then stimulants and antidepressants you, or, and then thyroid stuff and all of this stuff. Like any medication, if you pull out and look at the big picture, it sets you on a trajectory for dis-ease disease. It does. And what happens is now you're interfering with what your body's natural process is trying to do, suppressing anything, like blocking the symptoms, you know, like just say if you were to be throwing up because you ate something bad or your body's trying to get rid of stuff that it doesn't need, you take something that blocks that process. So you're interfering, your body's not getting rid of what it needs. 
it goes against what the body's trying to do. And then you're putting, really, the medicines are just poison. So it's something foreign to the body. You're putting it in. So now your body has to get rid of that too. And you're weakening the whole system yeah. by ingesting stuff. So it sets when you I, up for a cycle and your, your immune system becomes weaker through it. Yeah. When I found out that like NSAIDs, which we give n- newborn infants before they even leave the hospital, they get dosed with Tylenol. And when I found out that actually lowers immunity by 40% and we give that with the vaccines. So is that even making the vaccines? Like it's insane. It's insane that you know, like a fever now a fever is your body healing. Even the words, the language, I'm sick. No, your body's too busy to go to work today because you've got healing to do. And That's yet right. we just want to take the symptoms and suppress them with a pill and go back do, to do the things that are making us sick. And then we wonder why it, things are getting worse. That's Can exactly you talk right. a little bit about your personal journey with the experience of things getting worse before they get better? Oh, yeah. Like, for instance, I would have pain on and off, but they would give me the muscle relaxers or painkillers. They really didn't even work. So I was kind of blessed in that way that they didn't work because then I was like, okay, nothing's helping me. But also, you know, I got chicken pox exactly a year to the day of my spinal surgery. Bad. I was 16. Bad, severe chicken pox, you know, because my immune system was so shot. I had strep throat for, I would get it like every month because they'd give me an antibiotic you know, because I thought that was the only way you could get rid of the strep throat. And then I'd get off the antibiotic and my throat would flare up again, you know? And so it's like, you think about when your body's trying to get balance itself out and then you're suppressing it with these drugs. It just, I just was, I was just a wreck, just sick all the time with stuff like that. And it was all over. And that's why I would ask the doctor, why do I keep getting sick? And she would say, let me just write you a stronger prescription. And I was like, these people don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. So how did you figure it out? That was just going to chiropractic school. It was just on that philosophy. And I started educating myself on a whole new way of understanding how the body heals. I started getting adjusted along with that mindset, but it was a couple of year process till my body really started to balance out. And what did that look like? What is the process of, because first of all, I heard something about the belief that it's okay. It's normal when things get worse before they get better. If you have the vision for where you're going, then, you know, pain, pain goes away when suffering has meaning, you know, so, okay, I'm he- this is a healing process instead of suffering. Okay. That's different. But what was the actual process? What were the steps that you had to take? You know, what, what did that look like for you? You just go through the pain. I mean, you just go through and you, you, I mean, there wasn't any escaping. Like I would get adjusted and then I wouldn't be able to walk sometimes, you know, I couldn't sit, stand, lay, like the pain would be so bad until it finally just stopped, (laughs) you know, it would come and go, like it would be a come and go process and I would get adjusted in between and I was educating myself. And then I also, you know, I realized there was an emotional component. I think the first time I realized that my first chiropractor in school, he was one of the upper graduate students. He really helped me. He was someone who colored outside the box. Like he went with his intuition instead of what all the protocols said. And he was the one who I felt was really making a difference with my adjustments. A lot of people were afraid to touch my spine because of all the damage that was done from the spine. I was like a specimen in chiropractic school because they couldn't believe I had this surgery. How barbaric. And, And he was graduating. And I remember the last time he adjusted me, my back went out. 
like I couldn't walk. And I was like, what the heck? Like how, why am I feeling worse after he adjusted me? And I realized I was terrified of losing my chiropractor. Who's going to work on me now? Mm. And so once you know, you connect the emotional components and, and then I just remember I didn't really have the low back pain as much as I started getting headaches because I was really studying hard in school and stressed out and I couldn't let go. And they have to, and I was getting adjusted, massage, diet, everything. But it was until I took, I was studying for this test my last year in school. It was like a year long process. And it wasn't until the test was over that the headaches eased up. So it was and like a pattern. So that was the emotion. I understood the emotional and mental component of the symptom of each symptom. Can you say more about that? You know, in hindsight, you've learned a lesson. What was the lesson there? That the stress that you feel emotionally and mentally comes out physically. And a lot of people don't connect that. Like they think, oh, I just got this. No, you didn't just get this. Eventually you, you somehow created it because you're not dealing with the energy in your life, whether it's the, the emotional stress, the mental stress that could come from a job, the way you're living your life. It could come from relationships that are draining you and that you're not dealing with because you think it's normal because it's family or, you know, whatever. So it's all these things. You're not, I believe if you're not dealing with those areas of your life, and that's why I'm so big on people creating really every other aspect of their life, like looking at it, because if you're not dealing with it, it's going to come out as disease in the body. I really believe we create disease to stop our lives for a minute so we can regroup. If we're not consciously doing it, it's going to make you do it, if that makes sense. Yes. And I kind of have two questions and we may get off after one and maybe we'll circle back. But my first question, I want to highlight something you said about how you got through the pain. And I want to highlight it because if I was just listening to it and I wasn't aware of what you said, I would have missed it. You got through the pain by allowing the pain to be there and to feel it. You didn't take drugs. So when you say I just stopped taking the medications, I'd get adjusted, I'd be in pain. So that was the process. It's that simple. And we are just looking for thousands of solutions. Like the pain is the problem, but the pain is actually there for a reason. And so uh, let's just pause here. Like, how do you deal with pain and let it be? How do you do that when there's the lure of the prom the false promises on the drug labels that I can take this from you. What is the point and purpose of the pain? I guess I was, I'm not going to say I was courageous. The, the painkillers didn't work. That's how bad my pain was. So I didn't have a choice. I just was left with the pain. So I'm glad because now I can handle pain. You know what I mean? I see how many people can't handle emotional or afraid of emotional or physical pain. I'm like, it's, I'm not afraid of pain now. I've been through it because nobody had a solution for me. The adjustment wasn't a quick fix. The painkillers didn't work. Nobody could do anything for me. So I just was left to have to be with it, you know, and I'm glad I'm grateful for that because I think that's a strength because I don't really have it that bad anymore either. Now I really don't get symptoms that are really severe. I'm very in tune with my energy. I can feel when I'm off immediately and I stop. Yeah. But it taught me so much, and I'm grateful for that. But underneath that, you had to change the way you respond to pain because other people who have a different mindset who might be living with chronic or debilitating pain, they it does trigger depression. It does cause them to want to give up. 
What was the light that you were following? Why were you able to react or respond to the pain differently and just allow it? I'm not going to say embrace it. Let's not be stupid about it, but it, it didn't take you down. You Is it just because you happened to survive it or was there a process of mindset shift where you changed the way you responded to it as well? Because before chiropractic school, I used to feel when I felt pain that I was getting worse and it was scary. I didn't understand what was happening. Once I understood it was just my body's healing process, I wasn't afraid anymore. When I lost the fear, it began to heal. I started to heal. Ah, so the pain isn't even the primary problem. It's the fear of the pain. 100%. That's huge. That's huge. Wow. So... When we look back at that year or longer where you say that you were getting sick because the studying of the test and continuing to do the things, if somebody has pain, it sounds like what you're saying is you just have to stop doing what you want to do. And when someone is looking at their three-dimensional life, they have bills to pay, they have a degree to get, they've got debt, they've got children. Like, How does one... When you look back, what would you have done differently from this space now in that situation? Dropped out of school? And then what? Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's a whole process. And I think it can be just as stressful to try to, you just can't make sudden drastic changes. You know, I think society shows us one life, right? One way of life. Everybody goes to school, supposed to get a degree, to get, be successful, you get your career maybe get married, have the 2.2 kids. I'm like, it's all set up for us to like your mid twenties, but then you have the rest of your life and nobody tells us what to do. If I could do it all over, I would have dropped out of school. hundred percent. I would, I wasted time in school. I think it did a lot of damage to me. And I was an honor student, A's, everything worked really hard, but I wasted my time. And you know, when I knew I was confirmed that I wasted my time <laughs> when I got out and opened my practice and no one taught me about money or business. And I just started learn- having to teach myself. And I was on a mission to just wake everybody up with that they can heal themselves and that the medical world is kind of causing more damage than it's doing healing. I saw this whole other component and I, and I read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he talks about financial intelligence, financial freedom. And he says, you don't get this in school. And I'm like, I knew I was wasting my time. Every class I used to say, why am I taking calculus? Why am I taking biochemistry. What am I going to use this for? And my mom was like, you'll see, you'll need it when you get out. I'm almost 50 years old. I never used it. Wasted my time. And it stressed me out. I was stressed because I was trying to get the A's, you know, trying to be the perfect student, the perfect everything in a false narrative. So like I would have preferred homeschool. I would have had financial education and worked on my financial freedoms from the time I was a teenager, if I could do it all over. But that's just not the way people are set up, but you have to, we have to take the pressure off what we think is so important. You know, your degree means nothing. <laughs> That's what I want to tell people. Yeah. You're stressing out over a degree and it's not even going to help you when you get out. That's how I feel. But you know, it's like baby steps. You can't just drop everything in your life. I'm not telling someone to do that because emotionally, mentally, they're not there. Their perspective is that they have this goal and they have to achieve this goal to be something in life. But maybe, and maybe you won't have your awakening until you reach your goal. Sometimes people can't hear what I'm saying until you, they have to get to that goal, no matter how much it's killing them, right? That's how we're programmed. And I believe for me too, I had to get that degree. I had to just finish. 
And it's funny because I got out, I've graduated, I was able to do a double degree. I went full time and I got out when I was 23. And I was glad because I didn't want to waste more time in school. A lot of people went four years and then four years. But when I opened my practice, which was my goal, I never had a vision of marriage and kids and all that. That was probably because I had so much dysfunction in my family. I just, I was just trying to see what life was supposed to look like. But I opened up my practice and I realized that was my goal. And I was like, am I going to be stuck in these four walls for the rest of my life? But that was too scary to face. I just did all this work and became a chiropractor, you know, even though it meant more to me because I learned to heal myself and I really was empowered. But my message was more important, but the structure of what it was supposed to look like and how it fit in society, I already outgrew. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, oh my God. Never, you know, like this, I'm not financially free having this practice. I can only adjust so many people and I won't compromise how I adjust. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to start doing other things that aren't chiropractic. So insurance pays for it. Talk about, that's a whole nother scam. Insurance. Oh, please. They're trying to dictate how we heal. That's just why we're all screwed up. Chiropractors. I have colleagues were jumping ship because they had to make money doing what insurance wanted them to do. And they lost their chiropractic principles in my eye. I, I think they were creating more fear in people. It broke my heart. I'm like, if I have to practice like that, I won't practice. So I was at least able to practice according to my principles for 18 years. But you evolve and expand. It doesn't mean you have to stay in that one thing for the rest of your life. Yeah, I've often wonder, I started my holistic journey probably somewhere around 35, 36 years old. And, you know, I weeded in with diet. I went full vegan, you know, I, and vodka's vegan, by the way. So that was fine. And then I got off the psych meds that, you know, were slowly robbing me of my mental health. And, you know, so my journey has been, has been beautiful and wonderful, but it started at about age 35. And as I came into an awareness that, that wellness is sustainable, like it doesn't require you to go to the doctor. I mean, I don't even, and I want to say this before, I am not a doctor. You should always do what you need to do and ask your own doctor, but I don't opt into the wellness checks where, you know, I'm getting the pap smears. And then, because every time I did that, there's abnormal cells and then they are doing an ablation and then they're, you know, wanting to put me on drugs. Like every time I go to the doctor, which I haven't been in like five years, I have a naturopath now. But I would go and here's, I, no matter what it was, here is uh, anti-anxiety medicine, because I guess I'm crazy. Here is an antibiotic, uh, just because that's what you need. And then something else. And at, no matter what I, what doctor, what specialist I went to, it was always just drugs. And so what I have always been curious, and I have some friends in insurance, and I'm like, how has insurance not gotten the memo that wellness is free? And that if you pay for coaching and you pay for lifestyle changes, you know, insurance should cover gym memberships and coaches because what, they're spending 1500 bucks a pill for this or that. And all of these procedures, you know, it's cheap. How is open heart surgery to correct, you know, a quadruple bypass cheaper than helping somebody eat a plant-based diet? Like, I don't understand how the actuaries in the ivory towers have not, do they not listen to podcasts? Like, where is this information? And I'm sorry to see the chiropractic field, but of course, all fields are corrupted. There's people who get it and people who don't, and most people don't. There's That's exactly right. And can I tell you, I had, and this is my own personal 
evolution. I'm telling people that you have to, right, I'm not going to tell anybody to stop going to their doctor. You have to start where you're at. But I walked away from the medical, the medical world 25 years ago. I won't step foot in it with those people. I don't want anything they have to offer. I quit health. I don't have health insurance. Haven't had it for 25 years. I don't want it. I'm not investing in a disease for me later in life. I'm investing in creating my desired life. I know I have control of my health. I don't have fear of that. But I know a lot of people aren't strong enough in their belief system. It takes a while. And I was put through the ringer with my body, especially with what the medical world did to me, what they kept doing. And I realized that they don't know. I just became more empowered. When I got to that point, that was the de decision I made for myself, you know, and it, it, I know that I know. You know what I mean? That's the point I'm at. I have to be honest in that it never has occurred to me to not have health insurance. And the first time I heard it, I was listening to a Bruce Lipton, love that guy, on YouTube. And he and this older gal were having a conversation. I don't remember what it was. And they were both saying they didn't have health insurance. And they're old. And it, I have this is another layer of the onion where I'm like, what? And I'm now in a transition where I'm going to need health insurance. And that has just been planted as a seat because I don't go to the doctor. I have a naturopath and, you know, but then there's that programming. What if you get, how would I know? Because I'm not, you know, unless I've got a lump bigger than my boob, I'm not going to the doctor. And they say, you know, and I did research, I wrote a book a few years ago and it's fully nerded out with all the research, but you know, if you can't palpate the cancer, like in your breast, speaking of breast cancer, that chances are the cure that they're going to give you is going to kill you much faster. Oh, absolutely. You can live with breast cancer and never even know it. And so the science shows if you can't palpate it, it's not a problem. And how many people go with this early intervention? And that's just breast cancer. It's an industry. More people live off of cancer than they, than, no, more people what is that quote that they live off? Well, it's they, an industry. It's they it's die a, from the industry, industry more than the disease itself. Yeah, but I mean, just the treatment. Now I'm mulling this idea. What would it look like? And I don't know that I'm ready to do it. And I don't need to force myself. You know, I can pay for something I'm never going to use until I'm done and ready right. to let that go. But that concept. I'm like, holy fuck. But I actually do. My evolution has come so far that, you know, I only go to the naturopath, um, my doctor, you know, and she's helped me with latent infections and she's helped me, but it's so mind body. And now when I have a headache, I lay there and I feel it and I look at it and I ask it, what it's, what is it teaching me? What does right. I need to do? But key point is I'm laying in bed, feeling my headache, not running around like a chicken cut off, bitching about my headache, doing all the things that are giving me the headache. It's crazy. That's right. That's right. And that's how you heal. And that's when people connect. So even if I have, if my body becomes symptomatic, I'm right away like, how did I get myself out of balance? What's going on? I'm right aware. I'm right there with my thoughts and I know I need to rest. I don't push myself anymore. So that's how you heal. That's healing. You don't got to go to run to the doctor for them to tell you some label that they make up that it's, they're 50% of the time wrong. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a label. Okay. Here's the thing. And now it's auto suggestion. Now they tell you, you have something maybe in that split second that may, might disappear in a week after you shift yourself. Now you're creating that disease because they told you you have fear, you have disempowerment. Oh my God, I'm out of control. Like this is going to kill me. I have to go through all that. 
Do you see? It doesn't even make sense. I don't live in that world anymore. I just want to empower people that you don't have to live in the fear. You, there are things, there are so many tools that you can change your perspective. That's one perspective. We don't have to live in that fear. And I want to empower people to realize that the two of us may sound crazy. I think you're farther ahead than me, but I got my light on that, but I'm moving towards it. And I want to empower other people that start where you are. You know, you don't have, maybe just skip taking Tylenol next time and, you know, look at, it's as, that's how I started. You know, I, I started with very simple lifestyle changes and then you try stuff and I was a hundred percent vegan. I am no longer that my body was like five, it was about five years into my vegan and I was jealous of my dog's bone and I was like, oh shit, I think that's a message from my body. When I'm, when I'm salivating, watching my dog lick the marrow out of a bone, I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. And I was willing, you know, I was vegan almost 10 years. So it took me five years of saying no to that urge, but. I just want to empower people that are listening that all we are here to do is show you that there's a whole other way of thinking that this allopathic medicine, this, there's a pill for every ill and you need to listen and go to the doctor and let them drug you and cut on you. And all it like, all of that is just one of the ways like you can live in that world and you can have a happy life. Like there's nothing wrong with it. All we are doing is exposing you that you have options and all you have to do, like, I want to hear about your book, but for me, just personally, my journey is listening to a podcast like this. Then I go Google, what did she say? Bruce Lipton? I'm going to Google that guy. And then here, I want to hear about your book. Maybe somebody gets the book. Like it's one step at a time. The healing process is syncing up mind and body and not trying to eat a whole elephant and change your whole lifestyle. It's experiencing one new idea and trying it on and then moving forward and more or less of that, more or less of that. Like what if you believed you were perfectly capable of figuring out your body? What a mind-blowing concept. There's so much I could say. I could say. You know, I really want to touch on, <clears throat> I called my book, My Journey to Grace, because I really want to talk about the grace gate, especially because of the work that you do with people who are dealing with alcohol, because I had such an eye-opening, mind-blowing experience. I drank a lot in college, in high school, college, a mess. Like I was a mess. I was a messy drunk, angry drunk, carried out of the bars, you know, but that was the only way I could let go because of this perfectionist, crazy, type A driven person, I couldn't let go. I just had to get these goals done in, in school. And I realized that's what people did. You party on the weekend, party at night. And, and I guess I never labeled myself as an alcoholic, but I guess I could have been, you know, but I never liked labels. I don't like disease labels. I don't like labels, you know, and when people even say I'm a recovering alcoholic, I don't like that label. So five years into practice, I, from doing, continuing, not only be, being adjusted, but I was doing the inner work. I was studying Yogananda's teachings for three years. I was doing yoga. I was going on mission trips, adjusting people in different parts of the country, different countries. And I went into this bliss state and I call it, that's why I called my journey to grace. I call it a grace state. And it's when you are just so happy, but there's no reason for it, Right. You know, when you fall in love, like there's that bliss state, but I went into it. There was no other person involved, but it was like, I, I was fall. I fell in love with life. Even like what I considered my problems, they were just laughable. 
And it lasted for 18 months. And I realized this is what everybody's looking for, right? You know, when you drink and you get that little high or the people do drugs, I didn't do drugs, but that's what they're looking for. That's our natural state. And I realized, oh, we can get here without anything. We can get here by doing the inner work. And then you can live from this place of a higher vibration, higher consciousness state. This is who we are as spirit. We've been dumbed down to a lower vibration in this society. And this is why people are depressed. This is why people drink. This is why, hey, I have more respect for people who drink and do drugs. At least they know that the matrix is fucked up. Thank God they're questioning it. How about the people who are just living straight in it, not questioning anything and thinking this is good and they're happy in it? I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, at least they have a calling to feel that higher. They think they still need the alcohol to do it. You can get there without it. And that was my journey. And I, so then I started realizing, well, how did I get here? And that's been my journey ever since. Like, how did I get to this place and what is it? And I started understanding more like people who channel like law of attraction. You know, I didn't have verbiage for all that. I just knew I was in this place. And I started reading like Rumi, Hafiz, saints who went into this altered consciousness. Cause I'm like what they would write. I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm just, how I could describe my experience. Cause I didn't have words for it, but I knew I'm like, we are God. And I realized all the religions dropped away from me. I was raised Catholic. It's funny, in college, I dated a guy who was Jewish. And people around me were like, how's that going to work? And I never bought into religious dogma. I just felt mm -hmm. connected to a spirit. So I, I knew the other stuff was just man-made. But I realized when we were, when I had this bliss experience, I'm like, oh, we're supposed to be just like Jesus, not worship him. So the Christians got it wrong. I'm like the Jews, they, they, they may have killed him because they didn't like he was speaking blasphemy. You know, I'm like everybody has it wrong. He was just showing us we can be just like him. Right. And that's in there. But the message has been suppressed. That's how he yeah. healed people. That's how he worked miracles. And I'm like, this is what we can do for ourselves in our lives. He said, you will do these things and greater. And when we tap into this higher consciousness source, you're blissful. You have more synchronicity in life. Things happen faster. You're, it's more magical. It's fun. You're supposed to be inspired, empowered, and live in a joyful state, not stuck in this depressed lower vibration. Not to say that we don't need that. We are in a human body. And I think we create through contrast, through embracing all the emotions, going through them all. But the problem is we get stuck in those lower ones. And then you try to create from there. And it's like moving through muck. No wonder you're depressed. You know, and I say, even the people who are labeled depressed, thank God, you should think it's depressing to live in the matrix that they tell you. It sucks. Yeah. There's You're nothing wrong with you. Get out of it. You're right. Yeah. I You're mean, right. respond differently to it. You're right. This is depressing. This is fucked up. There is another way. Right. You know, I feel like I'm on this journey and I grew up, I was born in 73 and sometimes the color would go out on the TV and I feel like where I'm at in my journey, I'm watching it and it keeps going into black and white, but it, or you could reverse that. It keeps coming into color. And even what you just said about the health insurance and then now about this bliss state, like I can get there, but I don't really stay there. And I guess hearing you speak of the fact like, oh, this is a place you can actually exist a, a lot more of your time. And I hear, Bruce, I heard Bruce Lipton say that. So now that's two in the last three days. So I feel like that's synchronicity. So I'm going to do that. Absolutely. But it, it, like people who are listening to this notice 
it's like the color going in and out of the TV. And all of a sudden you get a burst of color and that's what's possible. That's what's behind the veil. Like I used to do this thing for marketing and it was a picture, a landscape, and some guy was holding up and it was an invisible curtain. So half of it, you lifted it up, you could see the color behind, but then it was all dark and gray. We're all living behind the veil. We're living behind this dark shadow. Or another thing I always say, my son, I'm like, you're walking under your own damn rain cloud. Like it's not raining over here. So go take, go get your umbrella and go sit somewhere with yourself. But what you speak of like all I can say to anybody listening is, yeah, she's not making that up. I can see it. I have moments of clarity where this is possible. And don't get me wrong. I'm still working on my crap. I'm still working on the money portion of my life. Like the last three years, because of the lockdowns and everything that happened, totally derailed everything I was doing. But I know I'm going to come back and I'm going through this for a reason. There's still stuff within me that needs to heal. See, it doesn't, I don't, have the fear. Now I know when something happens or I'm going through a challenge, I know it's for my higher awakening. Because I really don't just want the money. I want the mastery of the money. I want to understand the energy behind it. That's always been even the health. Like you just don't want a healthy body. Don't you want to understand how you got there? Because if you go there by default, you're not empowered. If you go there with intention and you can recreate it, now you're a masterful creator. And I believe that's where we have to do the work. And, you know, people like, when we talk about making these changes in our lives, I'm not saying to just drop everything because it was, you don't just eat the whole, I want to talk about, like you said, you just don't eat the whole, you can't eat the whole elephant at once. It's pieces. And one thing led to another for me. And I just took the next step. The next book came into my life, the next podcast, the next mentor, the next person who gave me a message, right? It's asking questions, researching stuff. And I made a decision for myself at that moment. And then the next thing came, it gradually unfolds. And so I think a great place for not to overwhelm people, but I'm like, you don't have to make all these changes in your life. Just be here now, right? And feel where you're at in your life. Are you living your desired life? Is everything the way you want it? And if not, what would you change? How would you want it to look? And be brutally honest in your wildest dreams, anything you could, anything you want could be possible. If that's true, what would it look like? Because I think a lot of people say they don't know what they want because they don't want it, it. They're afraid that they can't have it. So I'm like, just write it out. And I think pen to paper is very healing. It does something to the brain, you know, not being on your tech, but actually pen to paper, write out these ideas that come to you, how you want your life to look. You know, those first three years before I had my bliss state in practice, I was doing, I started a gratitude list. I was writing down five things that I was grateful for every day that turned into 25, that turned into a whole page. And it shifted me from looking at my problems to now I'm looking at the blessings in life. So you could make gratitude lists. It changed your perspective. Now you're open to more blissful things in life than problems. You get answers gradually if you ask the question. You might just get, you'll get pieces to the puzzle. Eventually they form the bigger picture. You may think you want something, working towards a goal, but eventually it transforms into something else where that one goal leads you to the next phase and it's, oh, and then you have more aha moments and it's more exciting. Like that's the secret. So so that's why I'm, I'm, passionate about people following their happiness, like things that bring you joy, inspiration, passion, happiness, just peace within are the most important cues you can follow from your inner guidance. That's what the things you want to nurture. That's the things that you want to create to become the more norm. You don't have to get there all at once, but it's following baby steps, following signs, learning more. And that's the journey. 
Well, and I want to highlight one of the components you're doing, but you didn't say specifically, and that is to ask different questions. You know, asking what's wrong with me and what doctors should I go to and how should I pay for that? That's one set of questions. Your brain will answer whatever questions you feed it. And we're not aware of the questions because those questions are what are driving us to seek these answers. And to, to your point, you know, just asking different questions and exposing yourself to different ideas. You know, my favorite question as a coach, I mean, I can't pick one. I, I can't. But what else could be true? What else could this be? How else could I look that? Because like you said, either focusing on the problems and what's wrong, energy flows where your attention goes. So you're focusing on what's wrong. That is what you see and that is what you pay attention to and that's what you get more of. And it is a complete, it's a skill to shift into solutions, but you can get there by simply exposing yourself to new questions and new ideas. That's how this works. You don't wake up one day and be in a bliss state. That's not how that works. <laughs> That's right. And there's still days where I don't feel the bliss, but they're, they are less now. Like I'm, I'm more often in the bliss state than not in the bliss state, you know, and I know I'll shift back into it. You know, it's not as scary to feel like the, the down days because you know, it's just part of life and you can let it pass. You can be with it. So that takes a lot of pressure off when you don't feel that, again, you lose the fear, right? Yeah. So things don't grip yeah. you as much. My favorite thing to say, first of all, all your moments are on a bell curve. So half of them are below average. And though when I find myself in a below average moment, I'm like, cool, I got one out of the way. And this is just the part that sucks. And, mm -hmm. you know, knowing it's temporary, we just forget that when we're not in that bliss state, you know, it's, it comes and goes. We're humans. That's what we signed up for. So tell me and the listeners a little bit more about the book, where to find the book, and anything else you want to share. Yeah. So basically, I just put my life's healing story and my finding grace, the grace state, the awakening, and even how I raised my son outside the matrix. He's 17 and you know he was born at home and he's never been to a medical doctor. I share all that in my book to just give one example of how I found my way outside of the mainstream system because there are other paths. And I think a lot of times we just don't know where to look. And I put a whole bunch of resources in the back of my book that people can go to those two and do more research because there are things that I use. So it's just because I think we learn from each other's stories. And if one person can do it, that means another person can do it. So we empower each other with inspiring stories and stories of healing. And I think that can become more of our norm if we start sharing more of those things. And so it's on my, I have a website, Creating My Desired Life. You can find my book there. It's also on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble as well. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Lynn. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. It was an honor, Colleen. This was an amazing conversation. I think we need more conversations like this. Okay. Thank you for listening. And I put Dr. Carrie's stuff in the show notes so you can find her book and her Instagram handle, her website also. And then I just want to keep you updated. I am still thinking that I am going to create a separate podcast that's private for people and really create something that feels like I'm a coach in your pocket. It would be daily short episodes, like five minutes long, where I teach content, like very specific skills 
that we break down, you know, one skill, five minutes. Here's what you should think about today. Here's a question you should ask yourself. Try this nervous system regulation tool. You know, it would just be quick hits that you can anchor listening to that private podcast into your morning while you're making coffee or while you're getting ready or while you're on your drive. Like it would be five minutes and it would just be daily coaching from me. This is an excellent opportunity for you to work with me in a capacity that is not a really high commitment. I am not going to be plugging my 12-week program on this podcast. Like It will also be for my paying clients as well. I'll give it to them as a bonus. And if you're not a client, there will be some sort of financial commitment. It will be small, but you know, if I'm going to commit to creating high quality coaching content five days a week, uh, for, you know, five minutes a day, five days a week for a year, then you're going to commit to consuming it. And there's going to be an exchange. I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere like 120 or $30. Like I, I haven't quite figured that out, but I want to create a project that provides exponential value to you. And then also, you know, I'm getting paid to do that too. It keeps me getting out of bed and working on it. You know, it's not, it's not a lead magnet in that I'm trying to get you to do the thing and then join my program. It is a standalone. The concept for this is a standalone, uh, delivery of simple coaching, practical tools every single day that you can make part of your morning routine, ideally. So that every day I give you something to think about, something to work on, something to try. So if you are interested in that, then the way you can let me know is go ahead and sign up for the secret podcast that I have that I've shared. It's not a podcast, it's a course. It's my Foundations of Emotional Sobriety course. And I am using that to give people an opportunity to get some skills, also get experience with me. So it is free. It is just like a marketing tool, if you will. And it also happens to be one of the best things I've ever created. My clients use it. I created it for them. And then I was like, this is so good. I could just pull it out and and share it with the world. So if you are interested in joining me for a year commitment where you are listening and I am creating for you five minutes of coaching content per day, five days a week, go ahead and sign up for these the Foundations of Emotional Sobriety so you can see the process of how easy this technology is making it for me to go one-to-one with you in your ear every single day. So you can experiment without spending any money with me with this sign-up process and the consumption of the audio content by going ahead and getting in the show notes and finding the link to sign up for the secret podcast called Foundations of Emotional Sobriety, and then just go through it. There is a workbook with that. It is a true course with objectives, whereas my five minutes a day, five days a week podcast will be, I'm sure I'll do series, but it's just going to be like one single skill or idea or suggestion or experiment. The Foundations of Emotional Sobriety course is a full course with a workbook. So get in the show notes and try that so that I can gauge true interest before I invest too much in the planning and the setup of something. You know, I don't want to create something nobody wants.
this would be a very big, scary commitment for me to produce five, even though they're five minutes, five short episodes, five days a week for an entire year, right? But there would be no intro. There would be no, you know, any other talking. I would just like, I could, might even record some of them on my phone where, hey, this is, you know, this is a twist on a gratitude practice. Try this. Or next time you feel anxiety and you hear your brain ask this question, replace it with this question. See how that goes. You know, just simple, quick tools, tips, strategies. So that's my offer for you today. And again, thank you for listening. And I will see you back here next week.